here's what I do. Even people close to the heart of Jesus sometimes suffer. John chapter 11 said that Lazarus' sister sent and said, Lord, the one whom you love is sick. The one you love, Jesus. Jesus, do you not understand? You said you loved him. How could you let this happen? We're told three times that Jesus loved Lazarus. From all I have heard about our brother Ken, everybody loved him too. It seemed that everything about his life the true example of a faithful follower of Jesus Christ. So was Lazarus. Lazarus was that kind of guy. Everybody loved Lazarus. Except for those whose lives, his life, convicted because he walked close to the Lord. So the obvious question is why? 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 Why does these things happen? Well, first of all, God is glorified. In verse 4, Jesus heard this and he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God. Now we know that Lazarus did die. So there's one of two things. Either one, Jesus is a liar. Because he said, This sickness is not unto death. Or Jesus spoke of much deeper. not speaking of the dead of the flesh. He was not sp speaking of the broken vessel that can mold the water. But he spoke of Lazarus and who he was. Church, I want you to understand it's hard to wrap our heads around it. This is where it's got to penetrate our heart. Those who belong to Jesus can never be separated from him. He said, I will never leave. I will never forsake you. Even to the end of the age. And so when Jesus spoke to them and said, this sickness is not unto death, to but, but to bring glory to God, we'll see. Lazarus did die in the flesh. But Jesus brought him back out of the grave. Down through the ages. Listen to me. I know it, 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 it seems like just a history lesson. But hear what I'm about to tell you. Through the ages, brave Christians have glorified God and furthered his kingdom through suffering and even death. Hear me for just a minute. A.D. 155, Polycarp of Smyrna was burned and stabbed to death at the hands of the Roman Empire. When he was commanded to renounce Christ, he calmly stated, 86 years I have served Christ, and he never did me any wrong. How can I blaspheme my king who saved me? Through his death, the second generation church was emboldened. In their faith. You see, God was glorified through the life and the death of Polycarp. And then we see Felix 
man's, who in January 5th, 1527, was drowned in Lake Zurich at the hand of the reformers because he refused to baptize babies. His last words, into thy hands, O God, I commend my spirit. And through his death, the Anabaptists were strengthened and their convictions to only baptize believers were solidified. God was glorified through the life and death of man. Then on March 10th, 1528, Balthasar Hubmeyer was burned in the town square after suffering agonizing torture at the hand of Protestants. His wife was drowned three days later in the Danube. His famous saying was, truth is immortal. God was glorified in the life and the death of husband. How many of you have your Bibles today? Hold them up. Hold them in there. Hear what I'm about to tell you. October 6, 1536, William Tyndall was strangled and burned at the hands of the Roman Catholic Church because he was committed to translating the Bible into English and making it available for everyone. His last words were, Oh Lord, open the King of England's eyes. Because of William Tyndall, we hold these books in our hands today. God was glorified through the life and death of Tyndall. May I say, I've never felt smaller in this pulpit than I do right now in the shadow of those witnesses. We are called Baptists. Because of being like Hugmeyer, we stand on the truth of the Word of God because of being like man. We stand today and preach the Scripture and teach it in Sunday school and sing it in song because of people like William Tyndall. Oh, they live and died to bring glory to the Lord. Sunday school is up today. Y'all get that connection? Too often we don't see God in the good things. It's in the midst of tragedy. <coughs> Where our heads bow and our knees bend and call on the name of the Lord. While none of us desire for tragedy to strike, we nonetheless look back. Church, you can look back and see God being glorified as a result. Many souls came to faith as a result of these men's tragedies. That glorifies God. Perhaps many more will come to faith in Christ as a result of the tragedy of this faith. You, you see, not, not only is God glorified, but our faith is expanded. It's like a muscle. He said in verse 15, And I am glad for your sakes that I was not there to the intent you may believe. Nevertheless, let us go and do this. They said, Oh, if you would have been here, you would not have died. Oh, if this would have happened, if that would have happened. But Jesus said, I'm glad I wasn't there. You're fixing to see something better. I'm fixing to do something your minds cannot fail. 
church. Our faith is expanded because you know what happens? Our prayer becomes very effectual and it becomes very fervent. For some of us, we have prayed this week like we have not prayed in a long time. May our prayer life grow even deeper. Relationships deepen or perhaps even begin. He said in verse 23, Jesus said, Your brother shall rise again. Martha said, I know. I know he'll rise again in the resurrection at the last day. I love this. Here we church. Life is but a vapor. This morning, my phone, I looked at it and it said, Fog advisory. Did you know after a little while, the sun burned it up? God's word said life is like that. It's just a vapor. Who for a moment is there. And in one moment, it's gone. But our salvation, well, it shall last forever. Relationship again. He said, these are the strongest words. Right? Listen, if you miss it, to get this today, Jesus said, I am the resurrection. I don't do resurrection. I am. Jesus doesn't just love. He is love. Do you get that? The very essence of life is Jesus. I am resurrection in the life. He that believes in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. If you're dead today, in your trespasses and sins, there's hope. There's guilt. And his name is Jesus. Church, when we cannot as Robert Smith said, when we cannot trace the hand of God, we must trust the heart of God. Heaven becomes sweeter. Y'all hear what I just said? Heaven becomes sweeter. I know this week it got louder. <laughs> Amen? That's not a bad thing. If you thought she was going to go and just kind of hide and be all quiet, not anymore. Heaven is sweeter. As we look forward to those that have gone before that great cloud of witness, there's a song that says, you know, when I entered the gates, I saw Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, I saw Paul. I saw him. But it says, I want to see Jesus. Because he's the one who died for me. I love my mom and dad, they didn't die for me. I love my brothers, but they didn't die for me. I love all of you, you can't die for me. You may lay down your life in protection of my freedom and life here, nobody but Jesus died to set me free. I can die for that. Nobody can give it to Jesus. They didn't fully get it just yet, but it was coming. One day, listen, we may look through a glass dimly right now, but all the glory when we stand there facing faith is Listen to me this morning. Even though, and we've seen people close to the heart of God, will suffer 
God's grace does not bar us from pain. Don't buy, don't let Satan tell you that if something happens to you, it, it necessarily means you did something wrong. I just read people who died because they did it right. Amen? Listen, young people, sometimes your greatest suffering is because you stand up and do it right. That's why your friends will run off and leave you. That's why all the cliques will make fun of you. That's why people will mistreat you. And you will miss out on jobs. You will miss out on relationships. But here's the truth. You ain't missed nothing. If you got Jesus. Amen. Jesus is all we need. God's grace does not bar us from pain. By grace of God, we were spared, we often say, truth. God's grace is not just a force to protect us from physical harm. It's also a power that gets us through. John Piper defines God's grace like this. Not grace to bar what is not bliss, nor flight from all distress, but this. The grace that allows our trouble and pain, and then the darkness, is there to sustain. Whether I am spared or not, I am a recipient of God's amazing grace. Job said, Though he slay me, yet do I trust him. We need to understand in this life whether God rescues us or not. He's still be And then, suffering and tragedy makes us spectacles of grace. He said in chapter 12, now we already know Jesus wept, which shows the truest intent of the heart. Did, did Jesus know Lazarus was going to come back to life? He's the one who put the life in. So he knew that, right? Well, why would Jesus stand there and swap? We know where our brother is today. Yet we shed tears. Why? Because we care. Caring is a good thing. Don't suck it back and say, I'm tough. I ain't got to cry. Listen, Jesus cried. And he's the toughest thing ever was. We cry because we care. We love. That's the thing the world needs more of. Not crying because we got caught doing something bad, but crying because we love. Jesus said, we love him. They said, oh, how he loved him. But notice with me, in chapter 12, in Jesus, six days before the Passover. Now, Lazarus has already died. Jesus has already pronounced. He was the resurrection. He's already cried out, Lazarus, come forth. And in his great clothes, come staggering out. Lazarus is now alive. They sat down and broke bread together. Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany where Lazarus was, which had been dead. And he raised from the dead. There he made him a supper and to serve, but Lazarus was one of them who sat at the table with him. Then took Mary a pound of woman, spiked him very costly, and anointed the feet of Jesus, and wiped his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with odor. A 
the ultimate. Look at verse 9. Much people of the Jews therefore knew that he was there. And they came not for Jesus' sake only, but that they may see Lazarus also. And he I'll tell you something he's done. And I'll tell you something, brothers and sisters in Jesus. The world's watching today. How will these side respond? What will we look like a month from now? Now, I'm not saying that you wear sackcloth and ashes. Even today.
we're believers. What can we do to help families? What can we do to help communities? What can we do to help throughout the church of the living God? Number one, we pray. The older I get, the more I despise the statement, all we can do is pray. Church, that's all we need. Instead of saying all we can do is pray, say, hey, we get to pray. We get to pray. That's how Paul found out God's grace was sufficient for him, wasn't it? Wasn't it? 2 Corinthians 12, pray three times diligently, and Jesus said, my grace is sufficient. That doesn't mean you're going to have a pantry of grace. That means you're going to have a steady idea. It means it's going to be a drip every moment of life. It's not stored up and you don't have to go back to God. Listen, every day of every hour of every moment of our lives, let us pray without ceasing. To the God who knew something about it. Church, let us pray. And then let us reach out with the love of Christ. Let us love one another. That's love. It's not about that. It's about Jesus. Amen? Amen. He is a good, good father.
God's grace does not bar us from pain and suffering. Are you bringing glory to God right where you are right now? That's the question you got to answer. Is your life about you and that everybody comforts you or that you're comforting others? Are you bringing glory to God? And then third, God intends for us to be spectacles of His grace. The world should be staring at us to see why we're able to have hope, even in the midst of such trying circumstances. So let me reiterate. Where's the Lord from tragedy strife? He's on His throne, working your pain his glory for his edification. Oh, how he loves you. What a time to come to the Lord. When Jesus called Lazarus, he called him by name. Lazarus did not come out of that tomb and say, Who's calling me? came to Jesus. Jesus is calling you today. Tenderly calling you. To throw a throne of grace that you may obtain mercy. To an altar prayer of repentance. To a brokenness of repentance from sin and rebirth in Christ. Believer and unbeliever alike. We come to Jesus today. I have no doubt in my mind many people believe in Jesus because of that beautiful Lazarus. It said they didn't want to just see leading Jesus, they wanted to see Lazarus. When the world experiences tragedy and we stand in his grace and mercy, they'll see Jesus through us. The power is resurrection. You may come today. Listen, church, if I've ever asked you to do this, you do. If a brother or sister comes to this altar today, will you please come and, and, and agree together just and bury one another's burden? Will we be biblical today to pray with one another? Whatever God has, we can bring it to Him today and believe that the good of one can do something about it. Come to Jesus. Stay in the